statements made on the Dr. Peter DeVette live radio show have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Products mentioned on the Dr. Peter DeVette live radio show are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or illness. Information given by the host or co-host are the opinions of the speakers and are not intended as medical advice. Information on this show is not a substitute for medical advice and is strictly for educational purposes. Please seek the advice of your primary physician before starting anything new or following educational advice or opinions. This is Dr. Peter DeVent Live on Toginet.com. It's time to find out about your health and get your medical questions answered. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Some of the topics we'll be discussing today include why America is facing a health care disaster, what the root causes are of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic paradigm, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness. How emotions are directly related to physical illness. And how to read your own body like a book. The most effective medicine is to invest in wellness and live a holistic lifestyle. This is Dr. Peter DeVette Live on Toginet.com. And now, here's your host, Dr. DeVette. And good afternoon, everyone. Uh, This is uh, Dr. Peter DeVette Live, and this is Dr. DeVette uh, with you today. And Susan Spence with me on the show my everyday co-host, and uh, we work together here at QHI Wellness in Tyler, Texas, practicing the very best of natural medicine combined with the essentials of conventional medicine for a healthier you. And uh, we so appreciate you tuning in today. We're going to be talking, Susan, about the most important nutrient. And the title of today's show is Vitamin O, most important nutrient for health yet most neglected. So... <laughs> and the light and the dark side of the big O. <laughs> do, you, do you know what vitamin O is? Ever heard of that? I don't think most people have heard of vitamin O. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> there's A, there's B, there's C, D, D and uh, uh, F. No, there's no F. Uh, <laughs> which, uh, you know, yeah, and it's free. You're right. That's the, the greatest thing about it. You know, it's absolutely, absolutely free. So every time, as a matter of fact, you know, just living your life, you absolutely depend on this nutrient. Um, cannot live without it for more than five minutes, as a matter of fact, or four minutes. I think four minutes. I think is four minutes. <laughs> and uh, you know, and you'll every, be looking pretty bad at four minutes too. <laughs> every other nutrient, even water. You know, you can live for three days without drinking any water, at least, and uh, for about three to four weeks without food. You know, <clears throat> so uh, so what we're talking about is the big O. And which is oxygen. So oxygen, Susan, you know, is is unfortunately not only the most important nutrient, it's also the most neglected of all the nutrients that we get in. So you know, most physicians, for example, don't pay any attention to oxygen until somebody is sitting there in front of them turning blue in the face and pu- huffing and puffing for air, you know. Or they have uh, congestive heart, the right-sided heart failure, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then usually they're huffing and puffing and, and turning blue. So <laughs> <laughs> so that's a telltale sign that you're in extreme oxygen deficiency. You know, so, and, and, and Susan, why, why do you think it, is it that, that o, vitamin O or oxygen is so neglected? Um, I think it's a, a combination of lifestyle and body habitus. Those are like two big, the first two big things that pop into my mind. We live in a really fast, 
fast-paced world that causes a lot of anxiety and distress where have sensory overload. And that tends to make, I don't know why women do this more than men, but they do a lot of really fast, superficial breathing. They breathe from the top of their chest instead of their belly. Uh, that's not optimal. And the other one is I would see this when I would put people to sleep for surgery. Really obese people will desaturate uh, before that four minutes is up because the their belly uh, pushes upward against their lungs, and we have a little bit of extra. It's called functional residual capacity. But when you're overweight, you're pushed. Your lungs are pushed up so much by your belly that you lose that edge when you're overweight. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, your 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 lungs are in your throat. Uh, if and if, some when you go to sleep, <laughs> and if you have sleep apnea too, and you're overweight, it's it's profound. And you know, and and so that's absolutely right. And yet. Oxygen is the last thing that most physicians think about, and most people think about, you know, when they think of their health. And um, so, you know, one of my questions was, why is it so neglected? And one of the answers is, there's no patent on vitamin O, and there's no, uh, you know, <clears throat> there's there's no big time money to prescribe vitamin O. You know, if you think about it, <laughs> because it, if you can't patent it and you can't really make money off of it, then you know, it's often the last thing that, that physicians recommend. And yet sometimes very, very simple things uh, that we do, for instance, what you were mentioning, just breathing right can make a tremendous difference. So so you're right. You know, when we're dealing with so much stress in our society, um, you know, as we're dealing with so much stress, you know, people don't even know how to breathe right. You know, so. Well, also, too, women are so concerned about body image that they thing tight, you know, from the <laughs> from the rib cage down. You know, they're trying to hold it in, and then when you're older and you start having, and this this is something you you wouldn't experience. I can experience this and, and tell you about it. But if you breathe really, really deep when you're older and you're you uh, have problems with bladder incontinence, that puts more pressure on your bladder. So if you have incontinence, you tend to breathe shallow because. If you've got to pee, you'll pee on yourself if you breathe really deep. <laughs> if you relax your belly and breathe really deep and you have to go, you'll pee on yourself. <laughs> well, that's a good reason. You know, if you have to pucker up. You know, you so if you don't pucker up, you, you might leak. You know, so and uh, so that, that's understandable. You know, the, the connection with, with overweight and self self you know, consciousness about it, uh, that, uh, that also makes sense. I, I sometimes find myself sucking it in a little bit. And, you know, so I think, Then you get anxious. <laughs> yeah, I, I've even seen, seen anorexic, uh, you know, <clears throat> models, you know, advertising clothes sucking it in, you know, when, when there's nothing to suck in, but uh, they're still <laughs> sucking in. So, so you're right. I think, uh, you know, <clears throat> we, we, we have many reasons why we don't breathe deeply, why we breathe shallow. You know, I, I remember... Um, once upon a time, reading that even mood is tied to our breathing. So if you think about depression, mm-hmm. anxiety, um, you know, just those two uh, psychiatric conditions alone. I mean, you can or you can literally see when somebody's in that mode or in that mood by how they breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, so if their breathing is shallow and uh, you know superficial. And if they're kind of slumped at the same time, you know that they're probably depressed. You know, usually, you know, the shoulders hanging, you know, breathing shallow. 
And there's another cause. This one, I've never heard anybody talk about this, but my hearing is diminished. And I find that if I breathe real shallow, I can hear better than if I breathe deeply because I don't, I don't have any you know, of that extra breathing noise. <laughs> I, I, when I'm really concentrating, I, I breathe too shallow because I want to be able to hear everything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an interesting one. I, I never, never think about it. Yeah, you thought about that one, but uh, yeah, there's, there's probably a lot of heart, people that are hard of hearing, and that uh, can hear their unbreathing. And if they breathe too loud, it's they just might extra miss the background noise. <laughs> <laughs> that and tinnitus, you know, buzzing in the oh. ears and everything else. So, but uh, you know, Susan, today on today's show, we're going to talk about all the different forms of, you know, of uh, oxygen. Uh, that can be used. You know, most people think of oxygen is oxygen, but uh, there's different delivery systems. There's different ways to uh, to get it in, um, and there's different functions for those different delivery systems or types of oxygen. So, so when we think of oxygen, you know, we don't realize that it's actually an atom that comes in the form of molecules, and that there's three forms of oxygen itself that you can actually breathe in you know so there's what's called singlet oxygen which is o1 in other words just a single uh, oxygen atom uh, you know floating around alone and then the form that we're most uh, most familiar with which is o2 two oxygen atoms together which forms the the more stable oxygen molecule that uh, that we breathe and then we've all heard of o3 um, actually, we know it as ozone. So, you know, ozone, you know, we always hear about ozone action days uh, because they actually measure ozone in the atmosphere in most bigger cities in this country uh, to tell what the air quality is like. So if you have more ozone, then it means that there's more pollutants in the air. And with because the sun is interacting with those pollutants and oxygen, you actually get, you know, the, the formation of a more unstable oxygen molecule called O3. So now it's interesting that the fact that we actually use all three of those molecules in medicine, you know, so, uh, well, one of them is just the atom, the single atom, but uh, there's actually machines called singlet oxygen machines that are absolutely wonderful, you know, for revitalizing, reactivation, uh, reactivating tissues. Unfortunately, you cannot get hold of those machines in America. Actually, I I actually had a nurse practitioner work for me that ordered one from Germany, but uh, you're not able to do that anymore either because of our beloved FDA that decided, you know, that it's illegal to import those. What is O1 used for? O1 is is basically somewhat similar to, um, I mean, it's used, you know, it's a form of oxygen, but it it cleanses, it detoxes, and revitalizes. Like ozone? um, Similar to ozone, but but more, it doesn't irritate like ozone. So ozone can be uh, irritating to the, the respiratory tract. So just like, you know, ozone uh, action days, you know, when they warn us about ozone in the atmosphere that we're breathing, you know, if you breathe ozone um, at high enough concentrations, you can uh, seriously damage the lining of your lungs and irritate the upper respiratory tract and it can trigger an asthma attack if you have a history of a history of asthma. And it can also trigger, you know, nasal passage uh, uh, irritation to to some degree in very high doses. Probably uh, a lot of free radical uh, damage and a sloughing, just like you had an infection or something. To, also, 
Yeah. And we're going to come back here after this break uh, to talk more about oxygen, um, vitamin O, most important nutrient for health yet most neglected. Uh, that's the title of today's show. And we're going to go through those different forms of oxygen. We're going to talk about, again, the most common reasons why we're um, deprived of oxygen. Um, and we're going to also talk about other support therapies. And by the way, for those of you that want more information on QHI Wellness, you can go to our website at uh, QHI, that stands for Quantum Healing Institute, QHIWellness.com. And also our shopping cart, shopqhi.com, where you can find all kinds of interesting things uh, to support you uh, with your health, including books, uh, DVDs, and supplements. And we'll be right back after this break. This is Dr. Peter DeVette Live. Find out how the flaws in our healthcare system are leading to epidemics of chronic diseases, including cancer and a myriad of others. Dr. Peter will be right back after these on toginet.com. Get ready to laugh along with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Ellie Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on toginet.com. This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopreet. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Hi, my name's John Martin, and I'm the CEO of this radio station. Recently, I began a life-changing weight loss program under the supervision and care of Dr. Peter DeVette at QHI Wellness in Tyler, Texas. The program that Dr. DeVette put me on is called Beta HCG. Now, 97 days ago, I began the program, and as of today, I've lost a total of 63 pounds. <laughs> you heard me right, 63 pounds in just over 90 days. If you're out there suffering like I was from being overweight and just finally are ready to do something about it, then the days of those long-term yo-yo programs are over. You can finally take care of the problem for good. I personally recommend giving Dr. DeVette's clinic a call at 877-484-9735. That's QHI Wellness at 877-484-9735. Or go online at qhiwellness.com and change your life today. And oh, by the way, Tell them John Martin sent you. Doctor, doctor, give me the news I gotta... Welcome back to Dr. Peter DeVette Live on Toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. Well, let's get back to the show. It's Dr. Peter DeVette Live on Toginet.com. Here again is your host, Dr. Peter DeVette. And we're back. You're listening to Dr. Peter DeVette Live against uh, Susan Spence and myself, Dr. DeVette, here on the show with you today. And we are talking about the most important nutrient 
of the universe, vitamin O. And um, so the title of today's show is Vitamin O, Most Neglected yet Most, yet most Important Nutrient. And so Susan, you know, with the fact that most physicians don't pay any attention to oxygen unless there's ob- obvious signs of distress. You know, if, if somebody is in severe distress right there in front of you, then we think about it. But most of the time, the distress that is caused by oxygen deficiency is relatively chronic and therefore you know, hard to, to uh, quantify, classify, and observe, even, even for trained observers. You know, so for instance, um, when you think about sleep apnea, you know, sleep apnea is a condition that you don't see during the day. You see it at night. People have a hard time breathing during the night when they fast asleep because the soft palate falls back. The musculature in the, in the throat cannot hold the, the airway open. So you know, it's often associated with with uh, obesity. As a matter of fact, obstructive sleep apnea is the most common form of sleep apnea. So, but if you don't see it when the patient is awake, oftentimes you'll miss it. You know, so what physicians often do is they'll ask about snoring and if, if you know, if, uh, and about, you know, <clears throat> the, the cessation of breathing during the night for, you know, short, certain periods of time. And if they don't ask that question, they're not going to get the answer. But even when they get the answer, uh, they often just go, you know, they they want track minus. So it's either CPAP or nothing, you know. And if if you're a patient that cannot stand CPAP, you know, because it's you know this thing sitting on your in your nose, you know, forcing air back there and you know making a noise. If you can't stand that, then you're up a creek without a paddle. So we're going to talk about alternatives. But the you know just in general, the fact that there's such a a tremendous resistance among physicians or healthcare providers to address this issue, especially in chronic illness, you know, is a huge disservice uh, to the public. I think so, too. And a lot of people will just start complaining about fatigue, and then somebody will just assume that they're depressed, because that's one of the symptoms of depression, and they put them on stuff they don't even need, when what they really need is deep, uh, restful sleep. And I read an article last week that the constant interference of adequate oxygen to tissues throughout the night causes a a sympathetic fight or flight, an alarm, which is a stress response to the body. And all through the night, your body will send out these bursts of cortisol, like alarm, 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 I'm not getting enough oxygen, which can, that, that happening chronically can cause you to be hypothyroid, which further contributes to tiredness. Well, yeah. And uh, and when you think about it, uh, let's let's go through some symptoms associated with low oxygen. And we know, you know, from uh you know, if you from a scientific perspective you look at symptoms um that are can link can be linked with with O2 deficiency. I mean, you mentioned it, f- fatigue is one. Mm-hmm. Um depression is another. Um again, sometimes even exacerbated by the shallow breathing, you know, so mm-hmm. it's a vicious cycle. But if you think about pain, you know, most pain is related to inflammation in the tissues and inflammation is exacerbated by oxygen deficiency. So oxygen deficiency in itself, even if there's no inflammation, can cause pain. That's, that's what right. we see in angina. You know, angina is when there's a deficiency, a deficiency of oxygen in the heart muscle. We talk about, um, you know, uh, muscle angina 
or um, intermittent claudication, that's, that's a form of angina in the skeletal muscles. So, for instance, in the legs, you know, if you walk a certain distance and all of a sudden you have pain in your calf muscles that go away when you rest, that's a sign of intermittent claudication. So, obviously, there's either a blood flow problem or some other reason why you, you're not able to deliver enough oxygen. But the basic underlying pro problem is oxygen delivery. Of course, with oxygen delivery being limited, there's probably nutrient deficiencies, there's probably mm -hmm. difficulty getting acids, you know, lactic acid and so forth from the muscles. Uh, there is. I, I, I was reading today, preparing for the show, that as the inflammation increases and the free radical damage increases, it's a vicious cycle, then you can't make uh, nitric oxide and then the blood flow decreases even more because nitric oxide helps the blood vessels to dilate. So it's just a a huge, you know, ball of wax that gets worse and worse, bigger and bigger. And 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 the treatment again is simple. You know, you just get more oxygen to the tissues. And we're going to talk about all the different ways that you can do that. You know, you can you can increase oxygen concentrations in the air that you breathe. You can remove to get oxygen to the lungs. You can get the lung capacity improved by having somebody actually exercise, get fitter, or just focus on how they breathe. You can improve blood flow to different areas of the body, carrying that oxygen more efficiently to where it needs to go. Stress reduction and breathing techniques. Yeah. And then you can also reduce acidity in the tissue so that oxygen gets um, uh, delivered more easily in those tissues. So when tissues become extremely acid, it pushes them more towards anaerobic metabolism. And that, that, by the way, is exactly what happens in cancer. And you have a, you know, you have some something that you wanted to share about oxygen in cancer. Um, I don't. Uh, on yesterday's show, we talked about uh, the way we utilized uh, our foods and oxygen in the mitochondria to make energy. Well, cancer uh, makes oxygen in a different way. Instead of using oxidation via the mitochondria, it uses a fermentation process called glycolysis, which does not produce as much oxygen. And that's how, like, uh, similar to yeast fermentation. And uh, so that decreases the tissue voltage, which decreases uh, healing, it decreases oxygen, and it decreases uh, CO2 production relative to doing it the normal way, too. So... And again, you know, that, that makes the point that one of the treatments, you know, if oxygen is an important causative factor in cancer, and by the way, there's, there's other studies that were done many decades ago that showed that if you, if you take normal cells, say for instance kidney cells, and you just decrease the oxygen, you, know, you just take a Petri dish um, with a layer of cells from a kidney, you know, just as an example, you lower the oxygen tension on those cells, and, the, and you know with uh, the nutrients that that those cells need to stay alive, you know, <clears throat> in in the petri dish with the cells. If you lower that oxygen concentration, those cells will eventually mutate and become cancerous. And yet, when you increase oxygen levels to normal over that petri dish those cells will return back to normal. Wow. So it's one of the, the, you know, the theories as to why cells become abnormal. 
I've, I've even read about there some cancer therapies. They're actually injecting oxygen straight into the the tumor itself. I, I don't know how long that would last, but well, we do that with ozone here. You know, in our clinic, where, for instance, in uh, breast cancer patients, um, as part of the cancer support, you know, we you know we always make it clear because we're not an oncology clinic here at QHI Wellness in in Tyler, but we do cancer support and. You know, we do all kinds of fabulous uh, th- therapies that support in, you know, the, the maintenance of better health and the promotion of better health in those, uh, those people that are dealing with cancer. Some people do that in conjunction with their other conventional treatments. Some of them do it after their conventional treatments. And some, um, you know, that are a little bit more pig-headed will insist on just doing natural because they don't want to do uh, there's other therapies. You know, we're not in the business of uh, trying to make people wrong uh, or, you know, to negate their intuition if they feel that strongly. But we always do it with a warning, you know, that uh, of what is recommended uh, typically. But in the treatment of cancer, you know, what what is, has been shown is when you take ozone and you inject it into injected into cells that are cancerous, those cells tend to die. Why? Because they don't have an enzyme or two enzymes that are critical for, you know, processing those free radical oxygens. And those two enzymes? Uh, they, they metabolize hydrogen peroxide, peroxidase and catalase? Catalase and superoxide dismutase. Okay. You know, it, uh, <clears throat> in, directly or indirectly, process uh, oxygen free radicals either in the form of hydrogen peroxide or in the form of O3. And so those cells will die, those cells that don't have that, those enzymes in sufficient amounts will be injured, fatally injured, and that's exactly what you want because 80% of all cancer cells do not have those enzymes. And when they are fatally injured, your immune system should clean them up and remove them. Exactly, and that's exactly what the immune system does. You know, so... Um, and so, replaced by healthy cells that have those enzymes. So it's literally like a targeted uh, intervention that takes the number of cells down. Then you combine that, for, for instance, with hyperbaric oxygen. The hyperbaric oxygen is just O2 delivered in bigger concentrations. You know, so under pressure, oxygen will de- literally dissolve into the bloodstream uh, without having to be carried by the red blood cells. And you can actually increase the levels of oxygen in tissues that are relatively hypoxic by as much as 70-fold with hyperbaric method, you know, and that's very healing for tissues that are dysfunctional but yet viable. You know, so, for instance, in the area around the cancer, if you increase the oxygen levels dramatically, you can actually get a restoration of some normal cells. And as we just said, you know, the, the studies that were done 40, 50 years ago actually showed that. Now, we're going to go to another break. When we come back, we're going to continue with this discussion on, you know, using oxygen as a therapeutic intervention, the critical importance of, you know, seeing oxygen as a nutrient and not just as, you know, something that you take for granted. And so we're going to go to a break, but go to our website at at shopqhi.com, and what you'll see there is the supplements that we use in conjunction with oxygen to optimize health and to optimize metabolism and everything else. So we're going to be right back uh, after this break. 
this is Dr. Peter DeVette Live. Find out how the flaws in our health care system are leading to epidemics of chronic diseases, including cancer and a myriad of others. Dr. Peter will be right back after these on toginet.com. Boost your life force and enhance your health today with Life Force Naturals. This product is a superb combination of all natural super green foods, berries and herbs that contain the entire spectrum of vitamins and minerals, and much, much more. Packed with chlorophyll, enzymes, vitamins, minerals, plant-based antioxidants, fiber, and a powerhouse of therapeutic herbal components, Life Force Naturals may also help you detox by optimizing liver, kidney, and gut function, giving you antioxidant protection, help reduce inflammation, help your immune system, your resistance against cancer, and your protection against heart disease. Life Force Naturals also has antifungal, antibacterial and antiviral properties life force naturals a cut above any commercially available multi-nutrient combination to order your bottle of life force naturals call 877-484-9735 that's 877-484-9735 or shop online at shophealthybody.com help your body get rid of disease causing inflammation today with flam away presented to you by devet wellness Flamaway is made up of a superb combination of inflammation-fighting herbs, including turmeric, ginger, boswellia, resveratrol, and bromelain. Inflammation is the mechanism by which most pain in the body springs forth, and it's a central component of most disease creation in the human body. Flamaway reduces inflammation and often pain, and contributes to better heart and blood vessel health and immune system function. Also, great for many with arthritis, headaches and back pain, sore muscles, sports injuries, and any conditions involving inflammation. If you're a victim of inflammation, get your supply of phlegm away today by calling 877-484-9735 that's 877-484-9735 or go online at shophealthybody.com welcome back to dr peter devent live on toginet.com He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. Well, let's get back to the show. It's Dr. Peter DeVette Live on Toginet.com. Here again is your host, Dr. Peter DeVette. And we're back. Uh, you're listening to Dr. Peter DeVette Live. Again, uh, me and Susan here on the show today talking about vitamin O, most neglected yet most important nutrient. And Susan, you know, oxygen, I love oxygen, you know, <laughs> not just because I like to breathe, but I just love the subject because, you know, here at uh, QHI Wellness, we have, you know, just about every form of of oxygen therapy that you can think of. The only one that we don't have is the one you can't get hold of anymore, and that's singlet oxygen. But we have ozone in virtually every form you can think of. Uh, we have hydrogen peroxide intravenous therapy. We have um, oxygen or hyperbaric oxygen, and then we have uh, oxygen, you know, you know, delivery systems that we have patients use at night. For example, uh, concentrators that just increase oxygen delivery at night. We have EVOD, which is exercise with oxygen therapy, and now we have another therapy that kind of goes against the grain, kind of like the other extreme that we talked about last week, and that is uh, intermittent hypoxemia therapy or alto therapy. So in simulating high altitudes, decreasing oxygen temporarily um, and causing the body to make more 
mitochondria. So you know, today's show is not about that, but if you want to listen to and, and hear, hear our discussion about um, IHT, uh, you can go to our show from last week and literally, literally get the information on this extraordinary therapy. And we, we actually use it, um, or will be using it, as a combined therapy here in the clinic. You know, we just started using it, and but I'm just very, very excited about the information out there. But those those forms, different forms of oxygen, you know, again, we're talking about when you do what. You know, when when do you use just oxygen, uh, increasing oxygen delivery at night or during the day? When, you know, when do you use hyperbarics? When do you use ozone, hydrogen peroxide, and so forth? So let's let's just go back to you know, nighttime, you know, deficiencies, so, or intermittent deficiencies. So some people we discussed have sleep apnea, and it's obvious when you listen to how they breathe at night, you know, they stop and start and, you know, and are obviously uncomfortable, restless usually, usually tired tired in the mornings, daytime tiredness, oftentimes very uh, high blood pressures, uh, uncontrolled, oftentimes palpitations that they can't get a handle on, you know, and oftentimes obesity that just don't want to get any, get any better. And the worse the obesity gets, the more the worse the sleep apnea gets, and then the sleep apnea in turn decreases ox- you know energy usage during the day because you're tired. And guess what we do when we're tired? We, we eat more to try and get more energy, <laughs> more sugar <laughs> usually. <laughs> so uh, oxygen deficiency can have a whole cascade of effects that then leads to you know, more of the same, mm-hmm. you know, and the worsening of the disease process. I didn't want to say something. I forgot what it was. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about it, just let me know. But I need more oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed you a little blew around the gills there. <laughs> but uh, so sleep apnea, you know, what's, what's interesting about sleep apnea? You know, we talk about CPAP in conventional medicine. That's the only treatment that is given but what what is interesting about sleep apnea uh don't they give oxygen with the cpap you can have cpap with room air or you can have cpap with oxygen is that the question you want me to answer well that's that's one way to answer it so so uh so if sleep apnea is related to oxygen deficiency and if oxygen deficiency will make sleep apnea worse which is exactly what happens Mm -hmm. then why not use oxygen to help in the treatment, even if you have to use CPAP. But here's the interesting thing. What we find is when we test people, uh, when we do nighttime oximetries, we literally just give somebody a device that they take home, and it takes you know oxygen measurements every 20 seconds. And if their oxygen levels are <coughs> are low, uh, then you know below a certain level, usually 89%. If it's below 89%, even once during the night, even once, we know that they're hypoxemic that they have clinical hypoxemia, even by definition based on, you know, <clears throat> CDC definitions. So if that's the case, then I usually recommend oxygen delivery system at night, usually a concentrator. And that, con- you know, you can also do liquid oxygen. But a concentrator works, you know, it's much, much more cost effective. You just plug it into the wall, <clears throat> takes the room air, concentrates it down. But here's the inter- interesting if, thing. If you take CPAP, Sorry, if you take uh, uh, patients with uh, sleep apnea, especially the obstructive type, and you increase their oxygen at night. Now, if they are already on CPAP, I would do it by connecting the oxygen to the CPAP machine. There's a special place for that 
to be done. Mm-hmm. And then just to increase oxygen delivery by maybe one and a half liters on a concentrator to two liters uh, per minute. And you can gradually build it up. But what's so fascinating is that 90% of those people that are on CPAP, that need CPAP to breathe normally, can come and do oxygen. So you just, you know, so if you do it that way, just keep them on the oxygen through the CPAP until, you know, usually a month or so. Really? And then you stop the CPAP and they'll continue to breathe normally. I didn't now, know that. Oftentimes, if they've never been on CPAP, I'll try that first and just put them on the oxygen. And in 90% of the cases, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll normalize. The metabolisms will improve. Their, you know, their, you know, their energy levels will improve. You know, so that's a simple thing. I've seen tiny little females weigh 115 pounds have sleep apnea. Um, you, I know that there's a central, a central kind. What, uh, what, uh, yeah, is there a right. disease or something? That well, does that? a central sleep apnea is when the brain stem is not working properly. So there's your brain stem is 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 you know is required for critical survival functions. You know the you know the speed of your heartbeat, your temperature control, your you know your and the tempo of breathing. So if you have a brain stem damage, you know, either because of a stroke or just because of over acidity or because of um, stress patterns or because of heavy metal toxicity or, you know, too many pesticides, whatever, you know, there are different reasons that that can happen. But if you, you know, if you have problems with your brain stem, then you get what's called chain stokes, chain stokes breathing pattern. And what, what the difference between that and sleep apnea is you'll see that somebody has, you know, will start, you know, they initially breathe normally, and then the breathing gets shallower and shallower and shallower, but they're not snoring, and then they'll stop breathing, and then they'll start breathing again, but instead of a gasp, like a, a sudden inhalation, they'll just start breathing again slowly. So it's uh, crescendo, decrescendo breathing is what we you know, learned in medical school okay. that it is. So, so, in other words, it goes down slowly and then stops and then comes back up slowly. And uh, in some ways, it's more, you know, it can be even more serious than, than regular sleep apnea. For instance, people with narcolepsy often have, have issues uh, with that too. Sometimes in the wake state, they'll be breathing more and more shallow until they kind of stop. And at the same time, they lose, lose energy. You know, and they just uh, literally go to sleep until they wake up <laughs> and go back, you know, go back on. I think uh, something also to point out is when people have been sick for a long time, uh, for whatever reason, if their uh, oxygen delivery consumption is messed up, you have to regulate other metabolic parameters of the body too like adrenal and thyroid and nutrition and detoxification because that body in an attempt to adapt to that environment has grown weaker and weaker they're less energetic they make less heat they make less mitochondria and then all of a sudden if you give them a lot of oxygen and you don't support the other systems that regulate metabolism They'll, they actually will not be able to keep up because, you know, breathing and eating also makes free radicals. So you have to support everything, not just give oxygen because they've got to, their body has to, has to get stronger and come back up, up to speed. So when you, when you give them extra oxygen, they're going to be creating extra free radicals that they might not have 
the capacity to get rid of because they're in such uh, uh, a downtrodden state physically. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a paradox, isn't it? Because it, the you know the more oxygen deficient somebody is, the more free radicals they form, and so you need oxygen to actually process free radicals. Right. But then too much oxygen can actually do the exact opposite. So that's the the interesting challenge that we have in oxygen therapies. Too too little a problem, you know, too much a problem, and just the right amount, perfect. <laughs> you know, so, so I think what, a lot of things are like that. <laughs> but for instance, when we do nighttime oxygen, we, we'll start it at a lower level, and then we'll build it up. Because we actually see symptoms. We'll see dial reactions in patients mm-hmm. uh, because of those free radicals released into the system too fast and when we give them too much oxygen too quickly. And a lot of people, you know, kind of like bulls in, uh, a bull in a china shop. You know, it's like if a little is good, then you know, give me just a, as much as you can. And, and with oxygen, that's, that's very wrong because you'll get, you know, you can actually burn your lungs mm-hmm. if you, for instance, re- breathe 100% oxygen for, uh, for even, you know, an hour. You know, so uh, now that can, cannot happen with a concentrator, but you sure as heck, with the concentrator, of a tremendous headache and you know, so you die of reactions from hell, like you feel like the worst flu, flu attack you've ever had if you lay there all night and breathe too much oxygen. So, Also, too, uh, that's how uh, white blood cells use uh, oxygen radicals to kill bacteria and viruses. You know, they, uh, if they're operating correctly, they, they know where to take it and, and target it to kill the specific... And, and they actually use, they actually make... Something that we're very familiar with. And so on hydrogen every peroxide. Hydrogen yeah. peroxide, exactly. So hydrogen peroxide, you know, is used as a treatment. So we use oxy- hydrogen peroxide as a treatment strategy. And we're going to go to a break uh, in a moment, and we're going to talk about hydrogen peroxide. We're going to talk a little bit more about HBOT, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. We're going to talk a little bit more about ozone. And we're going to talk about the support uh, nutrients that are critical. So, you know, the nutrients that we mentioned um, you know, last week that are critical in mitochondrial function, those same nutrients are critical in supporting normal oxygen metabolism, you know, and getting the most out of your oxygen that you're breathing to or taking into, into your system. By the way, oxygen can also be dissolved, these different forms of oxygen, into water and other liquids. So we're going to talk about a little bit of that uh, as treatment of gut problems. So uh, so just stay tuned get a copy of my book by the way Heal Thyself if you don't have one already it is a primer on all the critical things that you need to do can do to help improve your health and well being be right back after this break. doctor doctor give me the news I gotta this is Dr. Peter DeVette Live Find out how the flaws in our healthcare system are leading to epidemics of chronic diseases, including cancer and a myriad of others. Dr. Peter will be right back after these on toginet.com. Tired of achy joints inhibiting your ability to get around, exercise, or even enjoy your life? Having healthy joints should be a given for most people, even those older in age. There's nothing that says you should settle for anything less than strong, healthy joints. DeVette Wellness Comprehensive Joint Formula contains powerful nutrients like glucosamine, which is scientifically proven to help joints heal. 
a powerhouse of additional herbs and nutrients including MSN, muswellia, ginger root, horsetail extract, and hyaluronic acid that makes this a phenomenal combination in helping support joint health. Help your body rebuild cartilage, reduce joint swelling, stiffness, inflammation, and pain today with the Vet Wellness Comprehensive Joint Formula. Get your supply of comprehensive joint formula today by calling 877-484-9735. That's 877-484-9735 or go online to shophealthybody.com. Are you frustrated with the health of your digestive tract? Tired of heartburn and reflux symptoms? Sluggish or missing gallbladder? gas, bloating, or irritable bowel syndromes? If you feel your ability to digest food is not quite up to snuff, then try out DeVette Wellness Digestive Optimizer Formula. Digestive Optimizer Formula is packed full of digestive enzymes, ox bile, and acid precursors to help you digest carbs, fat, and protein. If your stomach feels too acidic for step one, then do step two first. Step two is a product called Glutagenics, which contains aloe, licorice root, and L-glutamine. Take charge of your digestive health today. Call 877-484-9735. That's 877-484-9735. Or shop online at shophealthybody.com. Welcome back to Dr. Peter DeVette Live on Toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. Well, let's get back to the show. It's Dr. Peter DeVette Live on Toginet.com. Here again is your host, Dr. Peter DeVette. And we're back listening to Dr. Peter DeVette Live. Again, uh, Susan uh, Spence, my everyday co-host here next to me. All beautified and uh, pleasant and relaxed and breathing deep. You know? <laughs> so, and we are talking about vitamin O, most neglected, yes, yet most important nutrient uh, the body, human body needs. So, so Susan, you know, we've got all kinds of reasons and explanations as to why oxygen is also the most neglected nutrient. And... You know, the magic that you can perform with enough, enough oxygen in the right places. You know, so we, we just started talking about hydrogen peroxide. So, you know, the cells make, the white cells make, uh, make hydrogen peroxide to kill organisms like viruses and funguses and, and bacteria. And yet, um, you know, when we talk about hydrogen peroxide as a treatment, most people look at us like we're crazy. It's like, what? You know, why? Why would you take that stuff that boils in your skin and put it in the vein, or you know, or even drink it? You know, that kind of stuff. So, and again, that's just ignorance. You know, uh, uh, hydrogen peroxide is almost like the the perfect target. Um, it's like a targeted missile strike on diseased tissue, you know, and diseased cells. And so is uh, sodium bicarbonate or alkalizing your diet or the alkaline water, all that too is, is yeah. another, another prong to uh, increase oxygenation. But we talked just now about those enzymes, you know, the catalase and superoxide dismutase that normal cells have in plenty of amounts so that that same hydrogen peroxide would normally kill organisms doesn't hurt any of those normal cells even slightly. And so, so when we think about... For instance, abnormal cells, cancer cells, you know, 80% of cancer cells do not have those enzymes. 
So just by using something like, like hydrogen peroxide or ozone, O3, you can target those cells you know, and decimate them or destroy them or weaken them uh, tremendously by using treatments that have those free radical oxygens in them. You know, so now that still leaves 20% that you can't do anything about. But here's the paradox. Guess which cancers do not have the enzymes? I don't know. I'm thinking. The, the, I'm most, thinking. the most primitive cancers. So the most, most serious, fast-growing, fast-spreading cancers are actually the most sensitive to hydrogen peroxide and ozone and like hyperbaric oxygen. Pancreatic and small cell lung cancer? Right, that, as examples. Or, you know, breast cancer, for example, there's different types of breast cancer or different severities. But a fast-growing primitive breast cancer would respond well, whereas a slow-growing uh, breast cancer is likely to have those enzymes and probably won't. But then by definition, that's not the cancer that you have to be worried about that's going to kill you. You know, it may eventually give you a cauliflower breast, you know, if you just, you know, go for years and years and years, they keep growing, you know, and, uh, but it's not going to invade, your tissue is not going to spread or metastasize very easily. When you say differentiation, you mean when you get back a pathology report and it's graded like a grade one, two, three, four, the four is the more primitive type of cancer? Yeah, different cancers, they have different gradation systems. It depends on, on, on the cancer. But so when they talk about a, atypical cells or, you know, primitive cells, um, you know, or cells that have certain genetic markers, you know, there's more and more genetic markers now being done. But the, the general uh, trend is that, uh, for instance, in breast cancer, we often think that cancers with hormone-positive receptors are the more serious, but that's exactly the opposite. The ones with the hormone receptors tend to be slower growing because they're more mature. They're more like regular cells. The ones that are immature, you know, are, um, don't have those receptors um, at all. And if they don't have the receptors at all, much more likely to spread, much more likely to go fast. And hormone therapies don't help, you know, the anti-hormone therapies, by definition, if you have an atypical cancer. So, so you know, kind of you up a creek without a paddle if you come down with one of those cancers and you have to use harsher chemotherapy drugs, more chemotherapy, more radiation, and everything else, which has, you know, its own, you know, often fatal consequences over the long term. I've read some studies on identical twins where, you know, they, they both are genetically the same. So whatever problems one has, the other one has it genetically. And uh, how our uh, emotional environment, diet, um, toxins. Uh, there are a lot of different things that even though you are have that genetic propensity, it doesn't necessarily mean that that gene is going to be turned on. And sometimes it's like a whole, a whole host of genes. Uh, so that is really, really interesting too. That Yeah, and, and what you're referring to is epigenetics. So, you know, what we now know and learning more and more is that you, you, your diseases are not necessarily predestined in terms of your genetic makeup. People think that's the excuse they use, you know, for their fatness or their you know, heart disease or whatever. But the reality is that we literally have epigenetic programming that, you know, is influenced by the environment or, you know, or by, uh, especially by emotions, you know, so you know, conflicts or traumas of your life 
or in the womb, mm. you know, or in your ancestors. So you can, you know, if your ancestry went through severe starvation, then you as a person coming into this world are going to be more prepared genetically or epigenetically to deal with starvation. You're going to, you're going to be putting those calories away very efficiently uh, because, you know, your body has literally been prepared by nature, by biology, you know, to, to be ready for that next famine that might come your way. And unfortunately, you put that body into a environment of abundance and too much food, and you end up with fatness, and not, now you're going to die early because, you know, the opposite of what your ancestors went through. So, and, you know, I know we're coming, getting off the topic of oxygen, but actually it's, it fits right in. You know, if we want to, again, think about why we um, why we have that that particular issue? You know, um, it, it's because of uh, those epigenetic codes that that we're dealing with, and then also the circumstances of our lives that you know influence uh, whether or not we get, we get turned so, turned so on or turned off. Yeah. Stay turned off. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk quickly about um, you know we we mentioned uh, hydrogen peroxide. And, you know, that the body uses that naturally. But how do we use it in medical practice? You know, so uh, in integral medicine, we use hydrogen peroxide intravenous infusions to literally um, <clears throat> destroy uh, cells that don't have those enzymes to protect themselves. And that includes infected cells. So if you have infections, you know, in an infected cell like you know, of, of cells with hepatitis C in them all over the place, you can use hydrogen peroxide to, you know, to destroy some of those cells. Um, you can also use hydrogen peroxide to destroy certain bacteria in the, in the system, especially those that are oxygen sensitive, which is most of the bacteria that make us sick. You know, we call those anaerobic bacteria. Do you ever do rectal hydrogen peroxide? It's kind yeah. of, it'd be kind of messy, but it seems like it would work. Yeah, it's a, I, I never heard of that. You know, might, I have read about you, it. You might uh, have too much bubbles coming, <laughs> coming out everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> But ozone is used rectally and is a phenomenal treatment. We we do that all the time, you know, with patients that have infections, chronic infections. We do that in patients with you know other chronic illnesses like diabetes, um, you know, and uh, patients with uh, with malignancies. We do support therapies with uh, rectal ozone. Um, and frankly, anybody with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, autoimmune diseases of all kinds, you know, the, the oxygen strategies pretty much can be used, I think, in any disease. I, I don't know. I mean, there might be something that I'm not thinking about, but I, I can think of just about any disease you can mention, and I can uh, tell you an oxygen strategy that will be helpful in that disease process, either hyperbaric oxygen or extra oxygen at night or EVOT, exercise with oxygen therapy, which is really interesting. I mean, I'd rather do that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what you do is you just uh, you know, take an uh, exercise device, that you can sit an oxygen tank next to, doesn't matter what it is, you know, usually something that's going to allow you to do aerobic exercise like a stationary bicycle or a treadmill, and then you set it up with an oxygen mask connected to flow meter, and you just put that on. I think that is really cool because even people with chronic back pain, <laughs> knee pain, hip pain, they can lie down and do a stationary bicycle in a lying down position uh, with their legs up, they're going to increase uh, lymphatic flow and, you know, they're, it, I think it's just great. 
Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I want to get some family members doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and, and we use that in cancer patients. You know, oftentimes I'll recommend that in patients with cancer, you know, just um, – by prescription, they have to get that you know liquid oxygen by prescription, and then they need to get a what we call a non-rebreather mask that literally has a a sac that expands when you know oxygen is flowing. So between breaths, while you're breathing out, it's filling up, and then by the time you're breathing in, it's got you know you know it's got oxygen in it already, so you can breathe that in. And that's we why we that's why we call it a non-rebreather mask. And um, when you that size, you're doing about five minutes on, five minutes off. With the oxygen on for five minutes, then turn it off while you're still exercising or warming down, you know, so, and then you go faster again and push it while you're breathing the oxygen. It's a little bit like doing hyperbaric oxygen without having to pay $100,000 to own a mm-hmm. chamber, you know. <laughs> so, and um, it's it's also why, why intermittent, intermittent hypoxemia therapy is so helpful because, in between suffocating, <laughs> when you're de- decreasing your oxygen delivery, when you're pretending to be at higher elevations, uh, you know, you're basically dropping um, your oxygen levels, but at the same time, in between, you're getting normal oxygen from the air, and it literally makes your body feel like you're being super oxygenated, you know, and it feels really good. I imagine so. <laughs> feels real good, too, when you get those, when you can take those deep breaths in between, and you're not starving uh, for, <clears throat> for, for air anymore. Well, I just remember biology, and and I just want to throw this in at the very last. I love this divine recycling plan we have between animals and plants. Uh, Animals use oxygen, give off carbon dioxide. Plants take in carbon dioxide and give off oxygen. Yeah, that's, that's I, it's right. just uh, amazing, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the perfection of creation. And, it is. You know, and we, we need those plants. It's and all complementary. If you have plants in the indoor environment, you actually have higher oxygen. Bye. And folks, uh, we will talk to you later. Again, go to shopqhiwellness.com. Uh, we'll be back with you next week. Thank you for being a part of Dr. Peter DeVette Live. We'll be here every weekday at 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern, 